Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 67 of the Coffee Club podcast. Back again this week, doing it tri-dimensional from three different countries, Australia, America, and New Zealand. Uh, This is the new year, 2023. New year, same coffee club. Here to make some shit content, talk about running and stuff, and hopefully you guys enjoy it. But yeah, the boys are here. Boys, how are we doing? Outstanding. Yeah, get get ready for 52 weeks of mostly rubbish. <laughs> Occasional. I was going to say, yeah, 52 that's... weeks of the exact same stuff. <laughs> yeah. Look forward that's, to it, guys. That's the promise. That's the promise yep. that we, the Coffee Club promise. 52 weeks of quantity, not quality, just subpar content for you to listen at work or on the run. I wonder what context people listen to us mostly. Do you guys think? Because I, I just assume that the only reason initially that we were getting listens was because people were at work, especially when people were working at home. And if you're working, obviously doing anything other than working is really enjoyable. So even if it's a the bad was, podcast, it's still going to be low. Yeah, that was good for exactly. us. Exactly. So that's I think I think that, COVID was good for us. Work from home was good for us. <laughs> but I think I think people yeah, are still we're processing that we have to listen to us. So people also <laughs> long run with us. I think we really in the long run is also yeah. pretty bad but long run also sucks so we're like just above that so really yeah or cross situations yeah or cross training because cross training sucks but we suck just like tiny bit less that's the coffee club promise just make your life hopefully slightly less shit if you're happy you're not going to be listening to us because <laughs> we're just we'll make your life worse but if you're if you're bored and you're struggling then you listen to us and we can provide you just a decent product that will hopefully brighten your day but yeah so last episode we talked a lot about all these racing down under and it was literally the day of his race and if you listen to the podcast and you have a very astute ear you might have noticed that ollie did sound a little bit off and then that day <laughs> he went a race and didn't have the best race so we're gonna cover that unfortunately it turned out ollie was a little bit sick so he had a tough one but yeah, Ollie, do you want to run us through how Bernie ended up going? Yeah, no, um, I was feeling a bit down in the down in the weather a little bit. And then the next uh, probably a few hours after the podcast, because during the, the day of the meet, I felt so bad, <clears throat> very con- like not congested, but just stuffy in the head, a few, bit of headaches. Um, my body felt a bit tingly and I kind of just laid down and rested for most of the day slash evening until the race. The race was at 9.30 p.m. And then I almost, I was borderline questioning, texting Welshie and saying, hey, like, I can't, I can't race. But, you know, we made all our, our like effort to come down there and obviously turn up and support the meet. So I thought regardless, I'll just go in and, and just give it a good, you know, good effort and make sure um, I turn up. So about eight o'clock, I tried to um, get out of bed and, and head to the, head to the, it's about oh, 400 meter walk. So not too bad few minutes got some fresh air um to the to the meet and the meet was honestly really really cool a bit of a less crowd than i expected devon devonport was definitely a bigger crowd which was a bit of a surprise to stewie and the other uh people particularly the meet organizer they said that bernie would be like the bigger one because bernie was really well like set up and volunteers did a great job there uh they had wood chopping they had cycling they had everything so it was like kind of entertaining to be there my parents went there a bit early to watch everything um but yeah there wasn't that much of a crowd compared to devonport but turned up i warmed up did some drills i actually felt a little bit better 
um, doing that kind of just moving in general. And then once I got to the line, it was just blowing a gale. And it was kind of weird because the you probably can't tell if you watched it, but it's actually hilly. Like half the, <laughs> the, the lap is like actual incl- like incline hill. So it's like- I would have never known that. Like that. So, and like Stewie warned, Stewie warned me before and um, I didn't realize that it was actually like kind of undulating a bit hilly and you're going wide as well. So it was a bit of a challenge. Um, but um, I did the exact same thing as I did in, in Devonport. I thought I'll just go out and try and, try and, you know, gain some ground. And I was leading for, well, leading Stewie for a few laps. And then when Stewie kind of went past me with 500 to go, I just like, just didn't have anything there to go with him. I just kind of tried to keep it moving and pass through as many people as possible but we were quite um i mean the handicap and stuff it was quite hard to get through but i think at one point like 100 meters to go shui was literally like almost on the concrete because like there was just a string of people um that were trying to come through and he was on that same kind of um push to get to the finish line uh but it overall was an amazing experience super fun to do um richard welsh who was the guy that organized it did a great job um but in general you know like i was a bit unwell but i still felt okay running just a bit tired and uh but in general it was nice should we should we won one i won one like well not one but kind of beat each other so you know it was good for the rivalry good for the sport uh it was great to catch up with him and and uh support like a domestic meet i uh, i've already signed up uh you two for the next one so uh they're expecting good you guys down in tasmania uh, to do the two miles, it's a lot of fun. It's handicapped, no pressure. Good way to start the season. And uh, hope you got us a night appearance, a nice appearance fee. You can I take did, your yeah. your commission. That'd be ideal. I'm gonna be a 14 miler this year, so that when I get to <laughs> Bernie next summer, I'll be absolutely ripping to go with a hundred meter lead. Ripping it, ripping it. So what ended up happening in this one? Well, it was a, a high school girl one, didn't she? Or a young girl? A girl, one. she ran three, three, yeah, she was really young. She was, like, really, like, she kind of, uh, she was definitely, I think, I don't, I can't remember what her handicap was, but. I think it was, like, um, 300 meters. I think it was a pretty fat handicap. Yeah, but she's quite good. She's a really good junior. Uh, she's a bit of a stud in the junior category, from what I heard, good steeplechaser. Uh, and uh, she said to her mom, this is what the meat director told me she said to mom I was like how cool would it be if i won i could get a photo with stewie and, and ollie next to me <laughs> and then that's exactly what happened she won which was unusual for women to win that race usually it's like a guy but it was awesome to see a girl win it um and she got a photo with me and stewie and she was extremely nervous didn't know what to say and then stewie just walks up and goes oh yeah the two the two roosters will come in this photo so we just went up <laughs> and just put in the photo we were like i don't know like fourth or eighth or something in the race but uh it was nice i mean straight afterwards we're just, um, you know, hanging out and catching up with fans and stuff. And I got cornered actually at my hotel room. Um, there was like a family with a lot of young kids that were participating in the meet earlier on because the meet starts from 12 to, to 9.30, which is our last race. And they saw me leave for the run, like the parents. They were up in the balcony from where the um, hotel is. Anyway, I come back from my run and all the kids were just guarding my door because they wanted to get autographs and photos. It was quite cute. Um, and then... Um, in general, like the fan base wasn't as big as, as Devonport, but it was great to see a lot of young kids out there, uh, a lot of a lot of families and uh, kids that just love to run the sport. Didn't get called Ollie, got called Keith McSqueezy, which was great. Um, they destroyed the headline though for Devonport because in the local paper they said Hoare Edges McSwain, 
should have been squeezed, <laughs> but it's fine. Um, next time. Next time. And uh, yeah, my parents I had a good a, time. I saw a picture of you with a bottle of Mountain Dew. Is that correct? It is correct. A kid came up and made me sign his bottle of Mountain Dew. So <laughs> pretty cool. I've had that happen That's like once before. I think once before I had signed a can in Los Angeles when we had that uh, that magazine with mm-hmm. NewGen. That was that was cool, and then I got it again um, with a bottle. That's and heavy. people made me sign mostly Nike stuff, which is another annoying thing for me because like, they're like, "Oh, like I only have my Nike spikes, I only have my Nike uh, bag. Can you sign it for me?" And I was like, "Oh, I wish On had these products out so I could sign them instead." But um, in general, it was really cool. S- yeah, I just crossed out the Nike thing and just put my name <laughs> in there. But yeah. but it was good overall. I'd love to do it. I'd love to do it again um great to kind of run domestically in australia regardless of what it is whether it's just a handicap fun mile exhibition thing or if it's an actual you know race but uh got good feedback from um the fans and stuff just having kids you know be inspired to participate in track and field it's kind of hard in australia so it was cool to cool to see that it is like a a great thing to do really if you think about it because if you're going home that time of year i mean it's nice to just chill and not race at all but to be able to race in front of your family in Australia is always special. And to be able to do it in a more exhibition, like a more fun setting rather than, you know, if you're going back to race nationals, there's always going to be a bit more tension, a bit more like, you know, it's more the the race performance kind of matters more. So to be able to spend time with your family, especially having them travel, it's actually like such a cool thing to do every year. And obviously not many other races happening this time of year. So it gets a good amount of attention as well. You get a good appearance fee. It's, I mean, you're the freaking Commonwealth Games champion. So racing on home soil is like just such a cool thing to do. So who knows? I would love to go along with you in those carnivores. And that would actually be fun because I would get a nice little handicap. So George, I think we should we should definitely consider doing doing it next year if we're gonna be if we're gonna be in the area. We'll we'll just get a hit of Ollie and run side by side, just block him out. Making that's honestly what you do. On the other side of the gate to to have to go (laughs) around us. All the yeah. way through the stands. The thing is, you'll be passing people as well. So, like, you won't really be focused on that much on who's behind you. It's about getting through the field and trying to get to the front. So, that that would be the yeah. dangerous thing, actually, now that I think about it, is that Ollie can start so much quicker than us. So, say mm-hmm. that we had a 20 meter handicap, he could close that handicap in like 200 meters and then he could sit on us. So, we would have to practice our starts, I think, if mm-hmm. we want to have a chance. So, we can run away from him. Yeah, yeah, quick. Yeah. Maybe that should be one of our New Year's results. Or just do what you said. To practice our starts. And you do some <laughs> training with Ollie. Just, that, we'll just do starts. Practice. My, my main running goal for 2023 is to try to be able to keep up with Ollie in the first 50 meters of a race. Yeah. Probably not going to happen. <laughs> After Probably the, not going to happen. Country, a good goal. After the, a good goal, nonetheless. <laughs> After That's the cross-country race, I'm going to like slow it down, yeah. I think. Yeah, that's my reach goal. My, my, I forget how what people call them. My reach goal is to be with Ollie 100 meters into a race. My more safe goal is to be with Stewie 100 meters into a race. <laughs> <laughs> that's how. That's how. I'll, I'll, that's how I'll set my goals this year. But that's yeah, what this I'm obviously for. unfortunate. If Stewie and Jakob can, <laughs> yeah. can start races like that, then there's there's still hope for us people that can't get off the line yeah it's it's true but so unfortunate that you got sick ollie but uh still good that you were able to 
you know, be part of such a cool event and go out there and race, have your family along. So that's cool. George, how was your New Year's? You're down at the lake right now, right? Just had an absolutely massive night. No, I didn't at all. <laughs> but I made it to New I think I don't think Did I made you ever it to work out the next like, morning? No. I think I worked out on the second. Or maybe I worked out on the third. Oh, I lose track smart. of the days now. But I did not have to work out the next morning. Um I'm pretty sure last year when I was in Colorado still, I don't think I made it to midnight. But I've realized it's so much easier to make it to midnight mm. when it doesn't get dark until like ten o'clock. Okay, not ten o'clock, nine o'clock. Mm. If, if you're in Colorado and it's dark at five o'clock, yeah. you have to wait so long for midnight. It makes it seem yeah. so much later. Um, I did jump in the lake at but midnight. Though. Third time rolls around. That's a good way so, to do it. That's fun. to start the new year. Bit of a, a midnight swim to to kick off the new year. That was that was the main event, honestly. What what, what, did, what did the no, team do? A good way to do it. Yeah, things were real tame here because Ritz hit us. Well, we didn't realize until like the day before, I think the 30th or whatever, that we had a workout on Sunday morning, which, I mean, we have a workout every Sunday morning. So I'm not sure how we didn't realize that, but that was the first. So, and it was a morning workout. So yeah, we literally didn't do anything. And then, I mean, we kind of like hung out a bit on New Year's Day, but yeah, real boring, real old people stuff over here. So <laughs> nothing to the report. I have to report though. I think New Year's is so overrated, in my opinion. Yeah. Like the hype up and the setup for like New Year, like people will just make such a big deal out of it to go out and party and celebrate. But when you force stuff like that, it's just not always, like it's never always fun, and usually it's a letdown <coughs> gala. But in general, um, <laughs> in general, I like if you just like have a good time with a few. I think Chris went to the. Like uh, I think his mate rented a nice Airbnb down the coast, and it was just like ten people, and they're just hanging out, having drinks, playing games. Like that's kind of like a cool vibe, you know, just making it chill. Whereas like people are forcing to go to the bars and then go to see the fireworks and stuff like that. Sometimes that can just be a shit time. But yeah, I feel like New Year's is like one of the most overrated things out of all the celebration stuff. But uh, we're just getting we're just we're just mature. We're, we're mature individuals, and we uh we. <laughs> refined we uh we're just yeah we're just focusing on you know getting the gains rise and grind success uh blokes exactly so exactly every day that's what i tell myself but (laughs) i think i think a lot of people do agree with you yeah a lot of people do agree with you that new year's i think if you did a poll i think a lot of people would say new year's is the most overrated holiday it's always a letdown yeah, it's just it's just people especially i don't know in sydney or whatever if you go try to see the fireworks there I mean, I, I don't know if it's a, that's a global thing, but like fireworks in Sydney on New Year's Eve is massive. If you try to go see them, it's probably you're setting yourself up for the like just biggest hassle ever. You know what I mean? Like getting mm. into the city, a million people, probably everything's so expensive. So if you can do something wholesome, like like Crispy there, our head of party planning. So if he's chosen head, head of team morale, if Crispy has chosen a more quiet, wholesome one down the coast with 10 of his mates. Maybe you should too. Just think about that. So, yeah, that's New Year's. And, and now it's the new year. So look at us go. 2023, we're, we're coming at you. But obviously not much else happened this week. Oh, I just noticed. So I just said obviously there. And someone in the comments was ripping into me for saying obviously too much. And I tried to stop saying it. But it just came you know, out. You know who else says that a lot in interviews? Stuart McSwain. 
He wow. says obviously a lot. And uh, Richard Wells, who runs the meet, was like making fun of him while he was doing it in Bernie. So it must be an Aussie thing, like a youth Aussie thing that says obviously all the time. Yeah. Um, well, we don't know how to talk properly, I guess. Well, so if you're watching the video here, I'm wearing like a really hot jumper. You are pretty hot. Because it's pretty cold. And so I keep going between like unzipped and zipped because I don't want to show off too much, but then I get too hot. And then I have to zip it, and then yeah, it's just a back and forth right now. I'm, I'm really, I don't know what to do right now with my with my top situation. So we're just gonna let it, let it go open for a little bit because I'm quite hot right now. As as we move on, though, we had uh, a request for Q and A this week, which we haven't done for. I'm not sure when we last did Q and A, but every time that we ask for Q and A, I think we're always so astounded at like the amount of replies and how great they are so first off thank you to everyone for sending them in because so many good questions out there and the way we're going to go about it this week rather than kind of picking out specific questions and and mentioning who asked them we'll just kind of look at the trends because there's obviously a lot of similar questions out there and so the first one which we got i think the most questions about was world cross country and for those who don't know, World Cross Country has been postponed since 2020, I believe. Mm-hmm. And it was supposed to be hosted in Australia then, and it's still being hosted in Australia just three years later. And, I mean, we all have cross-country backgrounds. We're from down under. So, obviously, it makes sense for it to be on our radar. And so, everyone's asking about if we're going to race it and do the trials. The Australian trials are in probably about two weeks or so. And this one is kind of bittersweet for us. I'm not, I'm not sure the best way to go about it, except just kind of rip off the Band-Aid and give an explanation for why we're doing what we're doing. So I suppose I'll go first because mine is very simple, similar to George's, is that we're just not doing it because this is the difficulty of being a pro runner. I think if you can do that stuff, it's amazing, but... For both of us, I mean, for me especially, I would say I don't have like any many performances on the board for rankings and that. And the way that we structure our year is all based around trying to perform at world champs or the Olympics, whatever the big one is for that year. And what that means is you have to start thinking about that from the very start of the season. And a big part of performing well in those meets for people like us is qualifying for it early. For someone like Ollie. Ollie has run the standard. I don't know how many times you've run the 1500 meter standard. But for me, for example, I the 5K standard is 1307 now. And my PB is, I think, 1313. So, you know, running the standard itself is is not a given. It's something that is pretty difficult. And so you have to plan out for that. And so the way we look at this winter period is trying to do what we can to make qualifying for worlds as easy as possible and so that means trying to run the standard or trying to do races that will get the ranking up and so initially i thought like yeah world cross we're going to do it but then when ritz and i sat down and we talked through the plan it was just became such a big obstacle in terms of making the season as smooth and as logical as possible so we ended up just having to be like no we can't do it which sucks because we were looking forward to that for a long time but that's kind of just like the harsh reality of it would you say, George, that's a fair? Yeah, that was a pretty good it. summary. I'll go next because Ollie's is a little bit different. I think, and I think it was bittersweet because we all, we started talking about it quite early and we we're all like, got quite excited about at least 
especially for the three of us as well like oh yeah we're gonna go down under the whole team's gonna come we're gonna go to the we just assumed that we were doing it yeah we just like training we got got carried away with the planning without without really thinking about um the actual logistics of it so that's definitely made it more bittersweet because we had all we had a lot of good things lined up and then yeah kind of sat down to to plan out the season realized that for example it's the next weekend after Milrose, which is uh something on the calendar that we all definitely line up for or in and kind of put down on paper so getting from new york to ready to go back in australia seven days later for likely a very hot 10k on the grass is just pretty unrealistic so then that maybe writes off Milrose and whatever comes before that and then i mean at least you're good at cross country i don't even have that going for me so i was i was going in um without even i don't don't know what would be a good performance and for in a 10k in australia in the heat like maybe top 50 or something which is a little hard to wrap your head around so cross is brutal for everyone that is the reality so brutal eh? It's just so brutal. So it's a tough one, but not doing it. I mean, yeah, sorry. That's me anyway. Holly, what's your situation? Yeah. Yeah. Can I just, before you go, can I just say, George, I forgot, I forgot that we had fully like planned, like at one point (laughs) we thought the whole team was going to Australia on training camp. I completely forgot that like everyone was like, yeah, like you can stay at my house. Like, like, Mm. Ritz, Ritz, these are like some. We should look at going to like Forest Creek with the whole team. Like that'd be a really cool prep. And like everyone was like on board. For that. I forgot about that yeah. whole, that whole thing. But sorry, go ahead, Ollie. No, that was the one thing that I was remembering from it was like Ritz was fully committed to uh, having the whole team come down training camp before World Cross, and everyone was super excited about it. I mean, it's a World Championship, so to be able to represent your country country is why we you know are in this position to do the sport is like one of the highest honors. So. We were all super pumped and then just because, you know, Australia is not very easy to get to, uh, it started dropping off everyone's radar, particularly like people like Alicia and and Joe who are both cross-country, you know, cross-country tanks, you know. They're very, very good at cross-country and Alicia second NCAAs, Joe second at NCAAs. Uh, I think Alicia won USA cross-country last year. She's the US champ right now. Yeah, so the US reigning, champ, reigning US champ, reigning US champ, and she won't be going. So, it it is very tough situation. I know a lot of athletes who are not doing well cross purely because it's in Australia. I think Jakob is not doing it because it's going to inflict on his training, which is, you know, fair. He did Europeans. He's shown that he's still pretty, pretty top dog. For me, still the situation's a bit still got it. For me, the situation's a bit different. Um, Dathan, like. The most like George and Morgan, uh, Joe, anybody else that was doing World Cross on our team, bar maybe Sage, um, Yared and Mario, who are the mid D kind of athletes, we're going to do like the, the 10, is it 10K or 12K? It's 10K. 10K. 10K race, which is like the, the main race, but they have a relay, a mixed relay. It's four by 2K. Um, two men, two women, and then all the countries going in. You can, you can win medals. Uh, in that event. So the Australian AA 
Athletics Australia were interested in uh, sending me for that team with Stewie and uh, two other girls to trial for the team and then if get selected, go and compete at Bathurst. And that was the plan. However, with all the traveling that goes into getting to Australia, which is from America, it's about 24 hours of travel, um, a lot of travel, getting used to the time zone, just keep getting to feel normal again. It takes quite a while. Uh, some, some are better at dealing it with than others. Rose and I were, were arming and ahhing about it quite a bit because um, if we were coming back from Australia, he didn't want us to spend too much time in Australia because of Milrose, um, all the other races on. So we are able to come away with an idea to, to participate at Bathurst for me because um, it would obviously be great to do that relay with Stewie. We have a potential to, to win or to medal. In general, Dathan and I kind of said, okay, well, if we put an exemption for travel purposes, then maybe AA will accept that and do the trials. And then if uh, they select me under that, then I will go back to Australia for the Bathurst uh, World Cross Country Championships and do the 4x2K and be an ambassador uh, for it with Stewie. So I put in my exemption and Athletics Australia accepted it, which was great. Um, but for me, it's just about waiting and seeing what's going to happen, which is a bit hard because you've got to book flights back, obviously. So my plan is if Stewie wins the trials, I think from what I've been told, then I have a higher certainty to be selected for the team. doesn't mean that's a guarantee. Obviously, somebody could come through and they might select them instead um, at the trials, which is in two weeks' time that we mentioned. And my schedule would be that I think uh, New York, Milrose, I'll do the mile. Um, that will be my main focus. And then straight from New York, I will fly to New Zealand, Auckland, because there's a direct flight from New York to Auckland, which is the quickest way to get there. Um, more quickest way to get the, the big flight out of the way first, which is like kind of what I wanted to get done. Um, so I'll be able to go to New Zealand for the first time. <laughs> Uh, but it'll only be in the airport. And then I'll have to change flights from Auckland to Sydney, which is a couple of hours. Uh, I would have a probably, yeah, like a week to get ready for that race, run the, that 2K um, if I am selected for that team for the relay. And that would be my participation at Bathurst. So it's a bit, it's going to be tough because like Jordy and Morgan have both been through the idea of like, obviously the focus is like uh, Budapest Worlds, uh, outdoors and stuff like that whereas for me that's a lot of travel back and forth and obviously going back for the Australian National Championships so yeah hopefully it'll be all good um, I'm, I'm usually pretty good with travel I just got to make sure I don't get sick but that's kind of my plan leading into it I'm very lucky to be able to have that opportunity so unlike um, you know Morgan and George and stuff it, it just yeah it, for me it's it's a bit more likely that I will be there competing, but you just wait and see, I guess. I, yeah. yeah. It's just, I, I think it's different for a 2K. For your 10K cross country, like the amount of effort you have to put in and it's like Morgan mentioned, it's so brutal. Like it's a brutal race because I think, I don't know if George did, but Morgan, you raced World Juniors in China. So you have a bit of experience mm -hmm. with it and how like challenging and tough it is in the junior stage. The senior stage is probably just another level like incredible athletes go and just crush. So the 2K is a bit different to relay. It's a bit more of a team thing and uh, it's less less of an effort, I would say, than a 10K cross country at a world championship. So might be able to pull it off, but that's that's my uh, my plan for it, for Bathurst. 
Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's so not that it's I not all the, doom and gloom. Hopefully. Oh, sorry, Mog. I was going to say, the New Zealand is Classic. sending a, uh, a relay team. You you might be on the on a flight with mm. uh, young young Sam Tanner from straight from Milrose mm. to Australia. Well, actually, I'm not sure if he's doing that, but it's possible. He is in the relay team. Yeah. Um, with could not I couldn't even tell you unfortunately who it is it has been named. Um, mm. So, I mean, in theory, there was an opportunity to do that, but it's kind of easier for him who's after the relay will then go back to New Zealand, not too far away. Yeah, Whereas, for you, you'd have to go back, right? Yeah, for us, it's quite far back. Yeah. So, it's a wrap bit of that tough, up, but tough travel. Yeah. That relay is actually pretty sweet. And in, and it definitely makes sense for you if like if there's an opportunity to medal or or win, like that's a pretty cool thing to be a part of. Mm. And in Australia as well. It's yeah, just like at yeah. home. Yeah. I think that that's worth a bit of admin and and you know travel to to be part of worth a bit of tsa (laughs) tsa but yeah so that's kind of just i guess that's some good insight just to the logistics of being a pro runner and like trying to work out all that stuff in the planning but yeah i was gonna say it's not all doom and gloom for us because we will have hopefully ollie there representing both australia and the coffee club podcast at World Cross Coffee Country, that, that's the hope. And as George just mentioned, a real, a real good chance at meddling or even winning with Stewie himself. And we're not sure. I think who the women will be on that team, but Australia has such a good amount of mid D girls right now. So such good potential for them to really go there and make a Hopefully do some crash. damage. Hopefully, crush Ollie in two K cross country, man. I I so hope it happens because that would be both you and Stewie actually are both the types of runners that you are designed for two K cross country. I would say like that's Seriously. just you guys gonna run so quick. How do the well, leagues I like? Go? I think that would it's like go boy, go boy. So like all, they, can they, you, just, can you, you can just put them pick, anywhere. You can pick them anywhere. Yeah, so you can you can put them that's anywhere. Crazy. So Nick. Nick Badeau has been, um, I think he's like, he's with AA in some capacity. He's like kind of figuring out and organizing it. So the hypothetical would be if Stewie and I got selected and Jess Hull and say Lyndon Hall got selected, um, he would said put Lyndon and Jess in the middle because apparently measuring the course, it's 60 meters shorter for the two legs in the middle, where it's longer for the start and for the finish leg. Um, and then just purely off first leg and fourth leg, they don't know where they would put Stewie and I because we're so probably evenly matched against the other competitors. It would just depend on um, like our preference, which both of us just don't give a shit. Pretty chill about it. <laughs> Stewie's very, very chill. He's like, I don't, I don't fucking care. Um, same as me. So it would just depend on like who, if, if anybody's on the fourth leg, you want to either have a pretty good lead where both of us can front run don't have that issue um and if we're behind someone um we both have a pretty solid kick so really they just don't if we did get if i did get selected um they wouldn't really have much of an issue so it would be interesting seeing that but from what i've learned strategic wise you want to put the two women in the middle but i i I imagine a team would probably either front load where you have like two of the men and then two of the women or the other way around where it's two of the women two of the men to see how that would work but 
yeah, mostly it'd be the women in the middle, I think, and then the two men first and fourth. But it'd be interesting to see how it all goes down, I'm sure. It'd be a very interesting race race to watch. I mean, like, 2K mixed relay cross-country just sounds, like, entertaining to watch. And, and uh, yeah, it'd be interesting to see how it goes down. Yeah, I think it'll be awesome. So hopefully you're out there and uh, hopefully that all comes together. But, yeah, that's our bittersweet world cross update, I suppose, just so we're all on the same page with that <coughs> so everyone knows kind of what the plan is and, like, the reasons behind it. So... Yeah, moving on from that, we got a bunch of questions as well about coffee, which considering that we are the Coffee Club podcast, it makes a lot of sense. So we're going to tackle a couple of those. One person even said, do you guys even drink coffee? Because I, when was the last time we actually talked about coffee on this show? Because we used to, at the start of every episode, talk about the coffee that we were drinking. And then we haven't done that for so long. So we need to clean up our been act, about, I think. It's probably been about 50 episodes since we've done that. When's the last time we got sent a bag of beans? That's the other question. That's we haven't a, been that's sent a bag replied. of beans. Once, we, while, so, bags once of beans. we moved house, I think that once we moved house, we stopped giving out uh, yeah. address. We, we got too big. We're going to have people like looking, gonna have people looking through our windows. We should start sending yeah. them to In the general, show. I... Th- in, yeah, I, I mean, that would probably be a good idea, but then everyone knows the gym, so they'll all be trying to sneak and look at uh, Joe Clicker's calf workout. But in general, um, <laughs> I think, yeah, the coffee conversation definitely came from, I think, when we had the beans and we would talk about the beans and what we thought of them. So I would love to get that conversation going back in if somehow we could figure out sending, if we if we can get different beans and just enjoy talking about them maybe in the first initial start of the podcast even if we don't get an scent we can just i don't know have a bag of beans be like hey we've got these beans yeah so um, i guess if someone does want to send us beans uh this is a invitation i guess we can give out i mean if it's for free coffee beans i think <laughs> we can give our address out and risk getting murdered in our sleep i think that's a fair trade why don't we just give it to dathan's address <laughs> yeah then they can murder him instead that's yeah, a he's only got a family. He's only got a yeah. family. It's fine. <laughs> so, but moving on, we will talk about some coffee beans because, oh, not coffee beans, coffee just in general. I think something, one question which was actually really interesting was what was our best coffee that we had in 2022 or, or our best coffee-related experience because, yeah, I think coffee is something that we really enjoy, all three of us. And it's something that particularly we enjoy every time we go to a new city as well and trying it in different places and in different styles. So it is actually a very cool thing to talk about. So I think we can go down and talk about like kind of our best coffee experiences that we had for 2022. If you want to start us off, Ollie, because I know, I know you're ready to go. I just pulled it out of my wallet. I still have... Uh, the card from my favorite coffee of 2022. It was in Oslo with Joe Klecker and um, Jordan Donnelly was there too. We uh, went to this world champion barista called Tim Wendelboe. If I can hold that up, if you see it. Wendelboe. So it's in, it's in, um, it's an espresso bar in Gorona's Gate, Oslo. Um, the coffee there was like just the vibe of the coffee shop really cool coffee was incredible I think I had about 20 coffees there and you couldn't like we were fortunate enough that uh, the Oslo Diamond League meets is amazing they actually drove us 
in these Ion, the Hyundai Ion 5 cars they had for the meet promoting it. So you could ask for a car at the reception and they would take you there. But initially, Joe and I didn't know how to get there. So we actually got on scooters, e-scooters, and almost got killed uh, going down there because we're just on the road and these cars are flying past and you can't hear them because 80% of the cars in Norway are electric. So we got there eventually and um, it looks like one of those places where you walk in, you think, oh, they're going to be pretentious. They're going to be super snobby. Uh, they're not going to give us a time of day. Like, but they were lovely people. They had all the, like, you had to be, the baristas wore dressed like in this kind of uniform. Um, and they made some amazing coffee. We, uh, we were there for like hours just sitting there in this little coffee shop. It's pretty beautiful. We got, I got some photos and, um, and some videos from it, uh, but we could post on this, on the social media. If people are more interested, but definitely a place I'd recommend if you're in Oslo, definitely my favorite coffee experience and coffee in general. I ordered a flat white and a Cortado there and it was unreal. So that's my coffee spot of 2022 that I'd love to get back to 2023. I'll try that out. That sounds absolutely Seriously, amazing. So I cool. want to go to Oslo. It was pretty sick. Yeah. And they had like, you know, like the, is it the portafilla? Is that what it's called? When you tap it in like this, that thing. Um, they had golden ones for like the world champion thing. And they had like six or seven of these things. Oh, they were like the trophies. They had them up and they have like, yeah, yeah. And um, I bought uh, like, you know, that little mug like this shape. You got, remember that George? Mm-hmm. It was like a little yeah. like white one that was similar to the one I got from Zurich. That one's from that coffee shop from Tim. Wombard. Wasn't, wasn't there a special drink that either you or Joe got from there as well? Like it wasn't like a normal coffee drink. There was, I just remember. Um, I don't remember what it was called, but it was like a, it was in like a martini glass and it was like a cappuccino, but frozen, like cold. Um, it was pretty amazing. So I can't remember the name. Maybe one of our listeners will know the name and we could like drop it in the comments, but it was like their specialty. That was what they would make, like their, their drink that would sell the most of. So, um, but Joe got one of those and it was pretty unreal. So I had to order one as well. I had a lot of caffeine. That's probably why I ran 347, honestly. I was just <laughs> caffeinated to the max. But um, it was it was definitely an unreal experience. So hopefully get more of the boys and the and the, and the gals to Oslo uh, and take them to the coffee shop. Because Joe and I, if we get to go back to Oslo Diamond League, definitely be going back there. Yeah, that's what it's all about, isn't it? All mm. about it. Yeah. Sounds George, lovely. what was your one? Well, Ollie just started, just ruined it a little bit right at the end. Yeah, my mine actually was maybe just a more memorable, maybe my most memorable experience. I can't remember if it was the best coffee I've had or not, but it was actually very similar to what Ollie just said. Um, in Bormio, Italy, like northern Italy in the Alps, kind of near the Swiss border, went to this like Italian coffee bar. In Italy, they're always like bars as opposed to coffee shops. I think that's what they call them too. That's just kind of the way it is. In order, um, a frozen coffee thing. It was called a, a espresso freddo shakerato, which I think means like espresso freddo. Freddo yeah. mean maybe frozen or cold. My Italian's not great. And then Fred the frog. Yeah, and then shaken. So and it was in like a um, whatever Oli just said martini glass. My, martini glass yeah so that's probably what it was yeah. yeah and it was 
like crazy foamy. Kind of looks like that. So I saw a photo of yeah. Ollie's oh, yeah. from, that um, pretty. from that place with Joe too. And it looked kind of like that. So yeah. maybe it is like a little European thing. How it's expensive like, yeah. was it though? Not very expensive. It's Italy. A couple of bucks. Yeah, see, it, it probably... Co- I think it was pretty expensive in Oslo, whereas like in Italy, everything's dirt cheap, right? Like really good quality dirt cheap. So yeah, that'd have been nice. Mm-hmm. I think this it's just shaken mm-hmm. up with a bunch of sugar and then the sugar makes it super foamy. Mm. It's delicious. Especially in the summer. Yeah, it was pretty it's amazing. Yum. So I think that Should was... We, did you try and make one after that, George? Mm, I mean, I would sometimes shake them up at home. I thought I remember you never, trying to make they one. They never get like foamy like that. There must be a secret ingredient because I remember when... I think when you were back from Italy, we we're back at the house and you were like making them, but you could never get the foam right. I've definitely it must tried be something before. to do with like what they put in it. Yeah. Maybe it just needs more sugar. I remember you trying because I remember you telling me about it. Yeah. Who knows? That's more, mine more anyway. More sugar always works. I mean, that is a sweet one. I'm thinking about it now and I kind of have, I have one main one, but then the other one, which I did that you just reminded me of just then, George. And this is cool because it's a shared experience is the coffee that I had with you and Jonas right before going to race the 5K at Reveretto. I really enjoyed that because I have like a picture on my phone of us getting just like an espresso or it was the double shot, I think. And I think it was just it was just a cool experience to be in Italy, walking up to the bar and ordering just a shot of espresso. At, it, it was pretty late. It was like 8.30 or 9 p.m. I think our race was super late that night. So just being able to do that and just have like a very quiet moment of enjoying a coffee right before going to racing was just, I, I really enjoyed that. And yeah, so I have a picture of it. So like I go back and look at it and like, that was real sweet. So I can't that's, before the storm. Yeah. That, that and like, it wasn't like that was a good coffee necessarily. But it's a very it classic like Italian very experience. Sweet moment. You can only really do that in Italy. Just like walk up yeah. to the bar with just like a, a couple of coins and then they just put it on the bar, exactly. like in front of you. I think no. I think you don't even have to pay yet. They just give it to you before you pay, and then you pretty mm-hmm. much just like take it like a shot, and then leave your coins on the bar, and mm-hmm. then walk out. It is it's a very wholesome experience. Yeah. So good. And then my other kind of best coffee day or couple of days is I think Ollie had the same experience as me, so I think he'll be able to relate to it well. But our chiropractor. Magic man, Jason, he loves coffee. And I went uh, to Grand Rapids a couple of times this year to see him, as did Ollie. And when I went there initially, I think it was the end of January. So it's really cold, a lot of snow, kind of depressing, gray. And I'm there because my body is pretty messed up. So it's kind of a bit depressing. But then when you're there with him, it's such a relaxing experience because I went for a run in the morning, got that out of the way. And then the whole rest of the day is open. And we did a trip around Grand Rapids, going to maybe two or three different coffee spots and just ordering cortados and just enjoying them. So just having like this really nice hour or two before we start the treatment for the day, which is going to go for a long time. And Grand Rapids actually has a lot of really good coffee spots. It's a really cool town for that. I think my favorite were a cup were Madcap and there was one called stovetop coffee roasters i think just like pretty cool little shops and like and in a town that i really didn't expect it so i was a bit surprised and just having coffee with jason as both these boys know very well is always just a really fun experience just because of how much he loves it and it's just very calming very chill so 
that was that was probably my favorite coffee day, I suppose, apart from the Italy experience. So, yeah, those that are reminds our hi- me of, coffee highlights. That reminds me, uh, George, do you remember the coffee we got in Munich before Serbia mm-hmm. World Champs? I do remember. That, that, that really definitely cool crossed shop. my mind. That was, I was choosing between those two. That was, yeah. Go yeah, so that. was I. I. Honestly, that's probably one you have to mention. The alligator. What was it called? It was hidden. The alligator was a symbol, yeah. right? Man, man versus And then machine. the name was in the teeth. Right. Man versus machine. Man versus machine. Yes. Man versus machine in Munich. Really cool. Co- like the, the wall had amazing art. Like uh, that old. What's it called when you put the paper up on the wall? Like the. Wallpaper? Like decorative. Oh. What do you no, no, I know yeah, what you, I know what the word is. I know what the word is. It's like when it's like is a it, big artistic. Yeah. And it was just different little like comments. line drawings and doodlings of just like different like alligators and different kind of wacky things. Very, very cool coffee um coffee shop. That would that Munich trip before Serbia was actually a lot of fun. Me, George, yeah. Alicia, Dathan, and Jason. Because Jason was with the New Zealand team. So uh, looking after the proud Kiwi boys. Um, how about in general and girls? Sorry, Zoe Hobbs as well. But how about worst coffee in general? In the year? Um, <laughs> sorry, I'll oh, finish that. I got an answer for this. Finish your first. No, no, part. that was just that was the thought I had. Was yeah, Man vs Machine Coffee Place in Munich. Me and George had an unreal coffee there. It was a cool experience, cool shop. That's pretty much my thought. Worst coffee experience. I definitely have one. <laughs> yeah, what? what is it? <clears throat> um. It was, uh, I'm pretty sure, oh, it was in uh, Texas. I was in Houston, and uh, it was really hard to find coffee anywhere. And um, I was going down through, like, all this, this list of coffee shops and stuff. This was during Christmas Christmas time. Uh I just didn't know what to, like, I was like, oh, I got to look for someplace. So I went to this one place that was recommended, like, the best reviews out of any coffee place in, in 30 minutes. I went there. Um, I ordered a coffee. I had to wait 45 minutes. It came out, and it was literally just white foam on the top, and then just, like, like a little, like, a bit of milk, and then just, like, all this just really dark roast, terrible-tasting espresso bean juice at the bottom <laughs> i took two sips of it and threw it out and i was the most depressing because i was craving so coffee sad. i had a 19 mile long run pretty much running in, in circles and loops a mile loop and i, I will like i was looking everywhere i was like i can't find any place in houston went there and it, like i had to wait 45 minutes for this coffee thinking it was going to be really good because like it was a bit deceptive it was a cool machine it was a cool little store and it was the worst coffee i've ever had um next to like i would rather drink united airplane coffee than than that it was just like it was even hard to drink and it was like two sips and it was just fluff like foam fluff like nothing it was just air at the top milk so air, sad like oh it was it was it was so sad because i just ran 19 miles i was like dying for a coffee i was like i need a coffee i need something to to pick me up because i was a bit you know a bit tired and yeah it was just such a down i just drank a lot of tea i think and uh, I think I had a Red Bull or something. I had something to get the caffeine going. But um, yeah, that's my worst coffee experience. Damn. I actually do have an answer to this one as well. And it's kind of it's kind of two answers. And they're both from our time in Florida, oh. taking us back to beautiful Florida. So these are my two worst coffee experiences. Oh, I know one of them. So 
Yeah. <laughs> so the first one, which is more minor, I suppose, but for for anyone who was listening, they know this already, but our Florida trip was soul draining. It was depressing. And we had to drive so far to all these runs. And so on the way back from them, we started stopping at a Starbucks. And that was became like the one thing that I would actually look forward to. And obviously, we don't really like we're not Starbucks type people. But I started ordering a nitro cold brew with I think it was salted caramel cold foam or something like that. And it was just like the yummiest thing ever. It's not like a real coffee, really, but it's just like sugary and it tasted so good. And I think I had it once or twice and I became in love with it. So then every single run, that's what I'll be looking forward to. And then after a few days, they ran out of the salted caramel cold foam and then they didn't have it again for the whole rest of the trip. So that was just the biggest kick in the dick. I was so depressed every time I asked them to get let down. But then the other one, which is bigger, which I think we may have maybe talked about this on the podcast before, but on the day that half of the team was set to leave Florida, we did a long run. And I didn't have a long run because I wasn't built up to doing long runs yet. But I finished my run. I'm at the car just chilling, waiting for everyone else to finish their run. I got a bit of time. I'm like, hey, why don't I do something nice? And I'll go to Starbucks and get everyone drinks. So I go to Starbucks and then I come back and then yada, 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 chilling. And then suddenly go to open the car, the van, and it's locked. And I look inside and the, the keys are just on the seat in the van and it's locked. And all eight Starbucks drinks are also just inside the van and it's just locked. And then people start filtering in as they finish their long runs and they want to go to the car and get their water because it's a bit of a hot and humid day. And every single person have to be like, yeah, I, uh, I locked the keys in the car. And, and it was just the biggest fucking letdown. And also we were leaving on, I think it was around a midday flight. It wasn't like mm-hmm. a evening flight. So pretty much all this stress trying to get into the van so then we could get back home, get packed, get to the airport. And meanwhile, everyone's dying of thirst or hunger after running for 15 to 20 miles and just sitting on the front seat of the car is these beautiful Starbucks drinks and just they're just there out of everyone's reach. And then story does have a happy ending. We did end up getting, well, actually, I don't think we ever not really got to drink those coffees until quite a bit later. We had to call the um, people at the rental car company to come unlock it but Carlos luckily could come pick up the people that had a flight that day. So we made our flight. But Carlos was a savior. Yeah, Carlos yeah, yeah. I really, I tried Carlos. to, I tried, tried to fuck us pretty bad that day, unsuccessfully. But everyone went yeah. into survival mode. I remember that. We're all sitting on the ground, like hiding in the shade. And then, like, I think Alicia and Joe went over to there's like a sand mill mine thing that was next door to where the trail was. And they all brought us waters and everything and let us use a phone and. So Real survival Carlos, mode. Shout out. I, was about to start mode. Eating, I was about to start eating eating people. Uh, who would have gone first? Who would, who would have eaten first? Honestly, I probably would have taken a bite out of your love handles. Mm, yeah, there's a lot. Of, can last for weeks. For my love <laughs> it was about to be, <laughs> no, about to be a lot of the flies. We were very, yeah, we're about to have a dictatorship. Out in the swamps of Florida. That would be. We should write that as a novel, some fan fiction. But George, do you have a do you have a worse coffee? Video <laughs> I did. It took, me, it took me this long to think of it. I didn't have one until 
just when you finished your story, but I just remembered. And Ollie, I'm pretty sure you were there. Dude, it was in... Oh, God. Before... Um, whatever that... What was it? That Sound Running 1500 we did. And we're staying in... Oh, yeah, yeah, not, yeah. Not Dana Point, the we're one down the in road. That... Was that San... The no, one we're staying on the floor? San, San Clemente. We're staying in San... Yeah, yeah. No. We're, we're sleeping on the floor. And you forgot, on your, the floor. And yeah, you yeah, forgot yeah. your spikes before the race. That, mo- that morning, yeah. we yeah. went to that coffee place, like just down the... That little like... Oh, it was, like pretend, yeah. It was like pretending to be a French coffee shop. And... That's right. Yeah. Yeah, was I remember this. The, it was like the worst coffee I've ever drunk. I don't know. It had like red and white... Yeah. Um things out the front i can't remember if you were there if it, if i was with carmella and ritz or something ben was there ben no, was there I having coffee with someone it. it was diabolical. no i was there because ben was Did, already there wasn't he yeah ben was already there having um i think i was there having coffee with like ty dinger or someone and whatever that oh, french yeah, place yeah. this was um the french place above the pier we, we, we in went yeah, because we we went down there and you usually run along the um, yeah the trail uh-huh. where the where the rail is, and then there's that French shop and it looked quite nice. It looked like it was a bit deceptive, and then it had that coffee machine that had food there, and it was always packed. It was always busy, so we went there to get something, grab something to eat, and we're thinking, oh, it's got a coffee machine. We'll get grab a coffee, and it was in a cup. They served it in a in a paper cup, which is a big red flag, if you're sitting down having meals or anything like that and they serve it to you in a, in a paper cup they usually serve it to you in a mug that's when you know yeah, that's the worst coffee. well decent coffee paper cup sucked and i remember i remember that coffee george it was pretty especially shocking. on race day i don't think like I finished when you get a bad coffee on race day is so depressing yeah it sucks well we went to bears there is a bear coast which is one of our favorite spots yeah, we went there in the morning i think and then it was closed yeah it was near the afternoon i remember yeah because Mm-hmm. Everything else was closed. All the good coffee shops were closed. But um, yeah, that was a bad one. That's it. It is real sad to have that happen on race day. Mm-hmm. But it's very tough. <laughs> yeah. So those are our. That's our 2022 recap. Coffee recap, which I'm happy that we got to do that, and hopefully we remember to do that again next year. Because I mean, those were actually some really good memories. I think to revisit just from our travels throughout the year. So that was a pretty cool thing to do. But I we haven't we haven't covered that much today. We still got a lot of QA to get through, but I think we'll tackle the rest of it in the coming weeks. Um because I feel like that's a good point for us to end there today. Is there anything else from you boys? Mm. Ah. Oh uh one more uh thing I'd like to to mention that we could probably do really quickly. 2023 goals. I have a goal for our podcast. Yeah. Um, my goal for our podcast is to get um, Sebco on the pod. I what guess athletics. That's a and goal. also we, we have to, and if we have this goal and we get him on the pod, we can't, we gotta, we gotta just hammer it. We gotta hammer our questions, chicken boy league, all that stuff. Get him on the pod. Really be funny. It'd be funny when to see his ha- reaction. When you say hammer it, do you want to like roast him? Not hold I, back. The thing, Not the thing back. I noticed, the thing I noticed with uh, with Lord Co is that he's very, he's like, he's like a politician, right? He's like very good, very at charismatic, very charismatic, lovely person. You know, 
probably does his bit of research before, checks out Coffee Club, buys a T-shirt, whatever. He'll come in. He'll come in guns blazing, but we got to be ready for it. we got to be ready for it. So I reckon um, once he comes in, we just not – we don't have to, like, grill him, but we just – we give him the simple facts, you know. Chicken Boy League, it's a no-brainer. And he knows he has some powerful friends, some friends with a lot of – a lot of cheese in the cheddar. So I would say we push that and then we could probably get Chicken Boy League up and going. Also, he could be a good model for our um, merch drop mm-hmm. if we want to sneak that into him because he's got great hair mm. like George. Very know? good looking so, for his age. He's a handsome man. Yeah, yeah. so we could yeah. do that. But uh, that's one of the, I mean, we can all have goals for the podcast. That's my goal for our podcast, get Seb Co on the pod, ask him about one. the Superboy Chicken Boy League, Chicken Chicken Winner Chicken. Um, yeah, that's all. My goal for the podcast was to this year turn it into a multi million dollar business and then sell it. <laughs> <laughs> Our yes. goal is to, to, cash her, in. to whoever the highest bidder is, to whoever, yes. whoever the highest bidder is. Hopefully, the it's not serious. Mag. Mag. No, <laughs> I, my, goal, my, my goal is for us to become well, multi million dollars and then buy Sidious Mag. We're gonna and buy then, so we we first we first buy them and then we sell out our whole thing to like Barstool <laughs> or something. We'll sell we'll sell out to Barstool. They're a pretty we'll big sell company. Sell out to Barstool. Yeah, they got Dave Portnoy. Portnoy. Change, Dave Vice Portnoy. City has changed the name officially to Citrus Mag, and then Citrus Mag and then <laughs> sell out. Probably just sell, sell out, out to Barstool. Yeah, yeah. What we should yeah. do is before we sell out, though, we got to make that uh, that book that Chiki Chavez has the. Um, Dictionary, you know, the phraseology. We just sell that book out. We could definitely millions, monetize that. Check out, and then what yeah. we'll do is we'll buy an island and then we'll call it Coffee Club Island and just live there. I like the island, <laughs> that's a really good yeah. idea. Good George, good George can have a farm there, George can start George, a farm yeah. there, so it's all self sustaining. Morgan works there as like on his computer doing all the cool stuff, and then I'll just um, I'll just hang out with Gus on the beach. Most important, pretending to make phone calls. Yeah, yeah. Most with the coffee club job. CEO. Yeah, I love it. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Unreal. Well, that's episode sixty-seven. Getting very, very close to the big sixty-nine. Not sure how we're going to celebrate that one, but we'll have to start. We're we all going to be back for that, or put the planning in. It's going to be tight and not just, yeah, <laughs> pun intended, I guess. It's going to be tight. It's going to be tight. It's always going to be tight with 69, but we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out as it comes. And, but And as we as we know with 69s, it's all up to George. So we'll see. <laughs> right, we're going we to end this recording I... right now. <laughs> <laughs> Rapidly descending into chaos. All right. Well, that's episode 67. Thank you very much, everyone, for listening. We'll see you all next week.